Welcome back to another episode of the Game of Life podcast. How we doing, Game of Lifers? NBA playoffs are upon us. The best TV time of the year is right now. And we're going to bring to you someone who knows everything behind the scenes in the NBA. Live from L.A., sunny L.A., the beaches of Santa Monica. This week on the Game of Life podcast, we have a super special guest for you, an NBA insider who gets all the breaking news before anyone else. Now, I was wondering, how does he do it? Is he looking into a magic eight ball, holding teams hostage at gunpoint? Mm, Neither of those are true, of course. He's just the best of the best of what he does and a true inspiration to anyone out there who has a passion and a dream to live out that passion. Game of Life podcast brings to you the one, the only, very blessed to call him a close friend, Ian Bagley. Ian is a breaking news reporter for ESPN and the New York Knicks, but his work far transcends just the Big Apple alone. If you turn on ESPN today, I would be willing to bet my firstborn son that you will see his name or his face pop up somewhere, some point throughout the day. Or if you just go to ESPN.com, you will see something, Ian Begley reports, breaking news, Ian Begley. That's just how good he is and a huge credit to Ian and his work ethic and his dream and passion that he has followed his entire life. So on this episode of the Game of Life podcast, Ian is going to take us on a wild ride behind the scenes of the NBA and the New York Knicks, stories of why Carmelo Anthony and J.R. Smith are widely misunderstood, how important it is for New York City to become the epicenter of basketball mecca world again, what the NBA will look like 20 years from now, Ian's life hacks routines for himself, and of the top players, coaches he has been around, and... The search for the best burger on the planet. All of this and much more coming right at you on the Game of Life podcast. A special treat for you Game of Lifers. This episode we are going without interruption throughout the entire episode. So buckle up. The Game of Life podcast coming at you. Where we bring to you the behind the scenes lives of NBA players, business savvy entrepreneurs, and top level performers in all fields of personal development. The podcast that helps you become the best version of you. All right, Ian Begley, my man, start us off with a bang here. What is the craziest story that just pops to your head about the NBA? Could be behind the scenes, in the locker room, something that just stands out that will blow the audience away being, man, that's unreal. Oh, man, that's that's a great question, Dave. I think something that comes to mind is just the sheer volume of fans and media that were hooked on to your guy, Jeremy Lin, Lin Sanity. That was just, I mean, I've been covering pro sports for over 10 years. I've never seen anything like that. Uh, Just the, the, the fascination with Jeremy, the millions and millions of fans who were so interested in everything that was going on with him and the Knicks at that time. And then, you know, fast forward to a couple months after Lin Sanity, the unthinkable happening in the Knicks, letting Jeremy go to Houston. So, you know, when you talk about crazy stories, crazy scenarios, to me, you know, didn't get much crazier than that. Obviously, plenty of crazy crazy things have happened with the Knicks, the team I cover, but that, to me, tops the list uh, as far as the past few years. Yeah, how crazy was that when that was going through with the Knicks? Like, the whole, I know the whole world was kind of involved on it, but I can't even imagine. I never got out there in New York during that time. But I can't even imagine the buzz that was going on in that city. 
Man, the games at the Garden, um, and I just remember one in particular against the Lakers where Jeremy just went off. Um, yeah. And it was the day after Kobe had said that he didn't know who Jeremy was. And it was just made for a great story. But in the building, in the garden that night, the roof was going to come off the place. There was just so much energy. So uh, it was so loud in the building. And, you know, the Knicks have not had much success at all over the past 20 seasons. So you mm. don't hear that playoff type intensity. But that's what it was that night at the garden during the peak of insanity. Man, and it was really cool to see how I mean humble Jeremy is throughout the whole thing, like torching, torching the Raptors, torching the Lakers, Kobe talking all that trash and didn't say one thing back to him. That's who Jeremy is. It's awesome. Total humility, total humility, and it's just been. I mean, it was crazy that the Knicks did the unthinkable and and not bringing him back. Although I understand why they didn't, and then just to see his career since then, it's just been fun to watch how he dealt with the ups and downs, and he seems to be. You know, obviously, he's coming off an injury, but it seems to be in a pretty good place, assuming he comes back healthy uh, with Brooklyn and Kenny Atkinson and those guys. Oh, yeah. He's going he's gonna to be ready for sure. A little inside info. He will be ready. All right. So I'm a Midwest guy. I'm out here on the West Coast, you know, the beach, the weather and everything. But there is a certain there's a certain atmosphere and ambiance of New York basketball and just the buzz that it has. Like you're talking about Lynn Sanity. Or even back when Patrick Ewing, John Starks, when they were great there. Why is it so important for the NBA that the Knicks are legitimate? This is their number one market, right? And, yeah. and if the Knicks are good, they're this is a basketball town first and foremost. For and sure. if the Knicks are good, the Knicks are relevant, the Knicks are competitive. Uh, that just means more eyeballs on the league means a bigger audience share for the league, uh, which turns into money for the league. So I think that's why it's important for the NBA to have New York be relevant and, and be exciting, something it hasn't been too often, again, over the last two decades. But, but that's why it matters, because this is the biggest market in the country. And, you know, it's, it's not as if the passion isn't there. This fan base right. is very passionate. They, they want to see a winner. They want to be able to support team so I think if the Knicks were to ever turn it around I mean I was a young guy uh in the early and mid 90s but I I remember how crazy this place was the Pat Riley years and the Jeff Van Gundy years and when the team was consistently excellent making runs deep in the Eastern Conference playoffs a couple finals appearances you know this team this town was on fire and this is there's no doubt that this is a basketball town when the Knicks are good so if they ever get back there, I mean, forget about it. They're, they're gonna, the garden is going to be buzzing, and, and the town yeah. will be a Knicks town. There's no doubt about that. And I remember when, when I was with the Nets coming to Madison Square Garden, just the, the crazy feel that it has. It's an unexplainable feeling walking into Madison Square Garden. And I'm not even like – I'm a Knicks fan because of you. Like I like the Knicks because of you. But I would, <laughs> I, I would honestly say Madison Square Garden should be one of these seven – man-made wonders of the world there's just something about it how cool is that that you get to go there every single day to work so you know what's interesting about that Dave is when people say that I think maybe I don't want to say I'm a little jaded but I'm always curious to know kind of what it is about the place and obviously the history of the place and the the amazing college and NBA games that have been there Uh, so I'm always kind of asking people we're talking to Tom Thibodeau and, and Taj Gibson when the Timberwolves were in town 
earlier this month, and they both mentioned something I thought was kind of interesting. They said the lighting is different at the garden. Like when you're on the court, it's bright lights on the court. The the crowd is kind of blacked out, and it's yeah. like a stage. It's like a Broadway stage. And they it's said true. that that lighting was kind of unique to the arena, and that's one of the things that made it special to play there i mean did you notice that in your tours of nba arenas is the lighting different at msg yeah actually that that's a really good point now that you say that i know brooklyn was trying to do that trying to make it more like an event and they would do the same thing with the lighting but yeah new york yeah msg definitely does do that it's just a yeah. it's, it's just the history is just unbelievable as you know but yeah i i hear you that, that can be tough too because like I'll take it for granted here in LA when it's when it's sixty seven degrees and partly cloudy. I'm like, what is going on? This weather's horrible. <laughs> you know, while you're, you're spoiled, nurse, you're spoiled. <laughs> Likewise with your spot that you work, man. Hey, <laughs> so I know you've been a Knicks fan all your life and growing up in New York. How did whoa, you? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Let me let me just take it a couple of steps back, just in in the interest of accuracy. So I grew up as a Knicks fan, and yep. that is correct. Yep, yep. Definitely rooted for the Knicks coming up. But now, as a reporter, I kind of put my fandom to the side. You have to. So, like, yeah, yeah, I have to be uh, objective. You know, you can't really root for the guys, the team you cover. Um, You know, that being said, I I like a lot of the players, a lot of good guys in that locker room, a lot of the coaches and executives are good guys. So I'd like to see them succeed and do well just because of the relationships I have with them. I know they're good people. But as far as rooting, you know, you can't really root for the team that you cover. But I was, I did grow up a Knicks fan, grew up about a half hour outside of the city. Uh, again, I was a young guy in that heyday. So for sure, I rooted for Patrick and those guys back in the day. So was that, was that your dream when you were younger? Like when it, put yourself back in the shoes of little Bagley. What, what <laughs> <laughs> was that your dream growing up? You know, I wanted to, I knew I wanted to get into sports journalism pretty early on, I think in college, because uh, I knew I loved writing, I knew I loved sports, and back then, you know, if there was one thing that I wanted to do, it was actually to cover the Knicks because uh, of the, the passion I had for that team as a mm-hmm. younger guy, and the idea that, you know, they were bad at the time, but I knew that they were always relevant, you know, right. win or lose, they're always going to be a team that's talked about. And so I thought that, man, I really want to be in the middle of that and be a guy who was kind of chronicling that. Uh, so, yeah, actually going back to college when I was trying to figure it all out, that was one of the things where I thought, man, if everything really works out for me, I would love to be in that position. So I just feel, you know, beyond lucky to have ended up where I am and to have the position that I have. I mean, I, think about every day how fortunate I am and you know there's a lot of people who would want to get in this industry and it's you know it's a tough industry competitive industry but to, yeah. to be able to sit in the seat that I'm in and you know do what I do for a living I just I'm beyond lucky Dave to have this this job man it's a big credit to your work ethic and your drive and obviously the Lord's got you there for a reason but you had to have gone through some times where uh, people were telling you you couldn't do it or you were looking at it like, man, can I really can I really follow my passion? And that's a big thing that we like to have people, high-level performers on the Game of Life podcast that have just absolutely followed their passion, not let anybody tell them no, and just have an unbelievable drive and a mission. And you are one of those for sure, man. Can you, can you talk on like, those type of situations that you had to go through and overcome? 
Well, there, there's no doubt. I mean, with, I don't want to get into too many specifics regarding yeah. this, but, you know, I had family members say that it's not going to work out for you. You know, you shouldn't, you know, really pursue this. New York's not for you. Like, it's not, this isn't, uh, This you know, d- don't don't pursue this path because, you know, it's the odds are stacked against you. And it was, you know, family member that was close to me. And I was younger at the time, and I kind of took that to heart, and I kind of struggled with, uh, the idea that I, I really wanted to do this, I wanted to give it my all, but you know, somebody close to me was saying that it wasn't it wasn't going to happen. Uh, so, you know, I, I had a tough time with that as a younger guy, but I kind of just pushed through and said, you know what, let me give this a shot. But along the way, like, there's a lot of bumps in the road, just mm-hmm. like any other profession, any other anything you're passionate about. Nothing is it's not a linear. Uh, uh, trips. There's always going to be, you know, sideways paths and bumps and bruises and things like that. I know you know that with your path. And and for me, you know, there was a lot of sacrifice involved as far as you know when you're breaking into the business. Um, you're, you're sacrificing your your weekends. You're working late nights. You are not having a lot of time to spend with friends and family because you just have to be dedicated to getting ahead, staying ahead of your competition, to showing your bosses that you're a Mm go-getter, that you're a person that can be counted upon for bigger and better roles down the line. And that's kind of, that's kind of the approach that you have to take in our business as a young reporter. And, you know, I, there were times where, you know, I I think that I took it too far where my work-life balance was out of whack. And I, I, you know, struggled with that a little bit. And, I certainly have learned over the years, you know, the importance of taking a little time for yourself every yeah, now and then and, sure. and with your family. Um, so that's a lesson I learned over time, but especially early on, David, I'm sure you're the same way when you're a young person and it's just you and you're trying to figure out, figure things out with your career. It's just work, 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 and everything else kind of gets pushed to the side. And that's kind of the way it had to be for a while. For me, so you sacrifice a lot, and that's okay. Uh, but that's just one of those one of those things when you talk about challenges and struggles. That's something that you go through, and that's one of the challenges that I faced, especially the early portion of my career, trying to figure out uh, how much I should be, you know, working and grinding away. And, and for me, I was all in, and and that's not the path that everybody takes. But I think there are inha- inherent challenges there that you kind of have to figure out. Man, your journey sounds exactly like mine, and that I think that's the only way too. When you want something so bad, and you're young, you have to be passionate about it. You have to you have to go all in, and sometimes you sacrifice that work life balance and like feel that your head's underwater. I know that feeling for sure. But what I have so much respect for you, and a lot of people aren't able to do this, aren't able to turn it the other way. Like you're my vote for father of the year, for husband of the year. Every time I'm talking to you, man, you tell me about your, your beautiful young daughter, beautiful wife, and you're just putting them first as a servant to them. So being able to make that adjustment and understand the true importance in life after building your career. Because, I mean, you're established now. You're one of the best there is. There's no doubt about it. It's a, it's a, huge, it's a huge role model. I can't really say blueprint because everybody's blueprint is different, but... If people can see you and see, man, this guy worked his butt off so hard, and now he understands, obviously, what is the most important in life, that's that's huge, man. That's very, very cool. Man, I really appreciate you saying that, Dave. That means a lot. And uh, because you said that, I'm definitely going to be sending this to my wife 
uh, when we get wrapped up, when it posts, because, uh, you know, every once in a while, uh, you know, work, work, the work-life balance gets a little out of whack. So I'm going to say, hey, honey, what Dave said about me? Come on, give me a break. No, but in all, in all seriousness, like, it is different uh, with a family. Like, yeah. You know, once you get married, it's different, for me at least. And once I have a child, obviously it changes everything. So it definitely puts things back in perspective. Um, it, it, it brings its own challenges because for me, and I'm, I'm sure you're the same way, Dave, like I'm competitive Oh yeah. with my field. Like I want to win. Oh, and, and that means like being ahead of the news or writing a better story than people I'm competing with, things like that. That takes time. So it's just the matter of trying to figure out what's best for you as far as how much time you can put in to work and, and how much time that you can put into your family, but family obviously comes first. So it's just a bit of an adjustment, I think, for everybody that settles down, gets married, starts a family. There's there's a there's an adjustment period there, and excuse me, and uh, but it's a fantastic issue to have to work out yeah. because you know I love I love my wife, I love my daughter. I would do anything for them, and, and they're number one in my life, and it's just it's just a blessing to have both of them and be surrounded by so much love. So. That's what's most important right now for me, for sure. You are the man. That's all I can say. I, I continue to tell that. You are the man. Nah, I can't be, bro, if you are. <laughs> uh, if I'm, I'm number two to you if I'm even anywhere near this, but that's another conversation. Oh, man. Big time thank you to Ian Begley, my good friend, for coming on the podcast, giving his time. I'm sure about 10 stories broke while he was on this podcast. Too bad. You missed him. You're spending much more quality time with me talking burgers. All right. Check out everything at the show note on the show notes. We'll be talking about this podcast, everything, how to follow Ian at Twitter is the main way. Like you said, at Ian Begley. Uh, check him out. He's got a lot of good information coming that way. And your sponsor for today, we are brought to you by Ample. Ample meal is my go-to lunch every single day. A huge, big old, thick smoothie that I'm eating with a spoon. You can go to dnabasketball.com to check out a video on exactly how I'm making my smoothie. Trust me, you might want to ease your way up into it, but... Ample is the main ingredient of it, whether it's Ample K, the keto version, Ample V, or Ample Regular. Ample is what you need as a nutritious meal, a healthy meal, without even thinking. Because why do you want to have to waste a bunch of time thinking about where you're going to get all your nutrition, all your greens, everything, when you can get it in a tasty, super chocolatey, ice cream flavored straight from Ample. And if you enter the code NURSE at AmpleMeal.com in your checkout, you will get 15% off. I've had a lot of NBA players right now, and I'm doing NBA pre-draft. We're using Ample Meal to refuel and to get all the nutritious goodness that you need. Check it out, AmpleMeal.com, code NURSE. Got to give a big time thank you to all of you who have gone on DNABasketball.com and have became part of the athlete of the future. That's what I've been growing for years, and I'm going to start going around the country giving talks on how to become the athlete of the future, how to live the best version of your life that you can be the best you you can be and have your best day. And all of that information on how I train NBA players and how they're optimizing their life, their mind, body, spirit, everything is at dnabasketball.com and information that was once only for these people, for these high level athletes is now 
available for everybody else. So if you go to dnabasketball.com, you can join me on this journey. I've been blessed to be on this journey, blessed to be able to go over to 40 different countries, learn from the best people in the world, have some relationships with a top sleep coach, nutritionist, body optimization and now i'm sharing that all with you dnabasketball.com is your opportunity to check it all out become an athlete of the future and let's keep growing together in the athlete of the future and of course the game of life podcast couldn't do this without you game of lifers out there so if you can go to itunes and leave a review leave me some questions some feedback who you want to see on the podcast let's just keep having a ton of fun on this podcast and learning every single day. Hope you all have a great week, a blessed week, and remember, life's a journey. Enjoy it. David Nurse, Game of Life, signing off.